on last week's Irrevelations. Why are my kids sick and destroyed? Sick and destroyed. I grab whatever apples I can. If some fall to the ground, you gotta leave it there in case, you know, some Helen Keller type comes looking for it. It's kind of like a modern day, which, like a Tagama. I just wake up, the fucking covers are taken over, and there's just some laying like, notice me, senpai. I'll be like, I'm gonna hit you with a rod. I'm trying to think of something that would make me more likely to hit a woman than her pulling the sheets off my feet while I'm sleeping. You're a nice girl. You don't. You didn't chase off all of those rich young men. You came after your old, also rich man. <laughs> there is a guy before me in the line to f*** you, so I have to go to him and see if he wants to f*** you. And if he doesn't want to f*** you, yeah, I'll f*** you. <laughs> Before we turn to the world, I would like to be I can't be a big blessing to people if I'm poor and broke and depressed and I don't feel good about myself. Consider they which are persecuted for righteousness. I believe in a literal burning Bible hell just as strongly as I believe in a beautiful heaven. No, no, no. Not God bless America. God damn America. The Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. Pray this simple prayer, Lord, speak to me. I was doing that uh, hunter safety course, and uh, there was this thing about like alcohol abuse and stuff like that. And I, and I just remembered how much I've changed in the past, because I remember I used to think that I was like in principle distinctly against operating firearms while under the influence of alcohol, and then I tried it. And you're talking I about in Alaska? Imagine. Well, every other time I've ever been, I don't think I've ever <laughs> shot a gun sober. <laughs> I try not to. You know? It's always just been a fucking cool, crisp spring day, a cup, a, a case of Bud Light, and an AR-15. Just, just America. I, I don't, you know. So I, I want to say that I'm going to be a good boy out there in the woods, but I'm not. That's just no. That's just not of course not. Be. I've never gone out to a hunting blind without at least. A liter of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been. I've never been in the woods with other people's lives in my hands sober. I just can't imagine it. Uh, but hey, just we're not kidding. advocating it. But we're also we're, saying that we're also <laughs> we're also just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh man. Well, uh, good on you for taking your hunter safety course. That's. I feel a lot time. better. I'm not. I don't want to call you out or anything, but you know. Right. A little discipline goes a long way. <laughs> I've just been poaching the whole rest of the time. <laughs> oh, fine. Uh, God. Uh, it's no nut November. It, uh, yeah. Not for me. Is that a me. big deal? Uh, not for you. Not for me either. I don't yeah. I, I, I'm above such internet trends. I don't even get it at all. Like, like, honestly, I don't get doing anything like that, period. I don't even understand people who are like, no, God says I can't eat pork. Like, the whole abstaining from anything on principle i don't really understand well, i mean it's 145 in the afternoon here and this is the longest into a day so far in november that i've made it without coming <laughs> so oh, just man. saying yeah. also i don't think no november is a christian thing that's like people give up coming for like ash friday or whatever it is ash days lent. i remember lent lent i know we i i remember lent we made fun of lent last year the early yeah. this year well, I remember Lent would be like the one time a year where everyone was like, "Yep, I'm not jerking it. I'm going to do a whole month. I'm going to I'm going to understand Jesus's suffering." 
because he couldn't because his hands were stuck up on the cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he wanted <laughs> to. I, I bet he had a fucking footlong Woody <laughs> nailed to that cross. And he was like, someone get up here. All right, this is just blasphemous. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to slow your roll. Uh, uh. <laughs> oh, man. I was, uh, I, 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 I don't know what the fucking, I, I think I said on like legal advice or some shit where someone was talking about how there's an app that uh, Catholic schools preload onto the, like, the tablets uh, for that they issue out to children. Yeah. Called, uh, and I know I sent you the link. Yeah. Uh, what's saw, this I thing saw. called? Victory app? <laughs> what the fuck? Victory app helps young people defeat porn addiction. Apparently, it's an app. Is I should have downloaded it. Real quick. I should have downloaded it for No Nut. That would have been a good idea. What's the over-under that victory is a reference to Fortnite? Is that what they're doing? <laughs> I don't I don't know. It has to uh, be. I don't understand. Apparently, it's supposed to provide a, a victory in their battle against porn. <laughs> um, never, never coming to own the libs. <laughs> yeah, that'll fucking teach them. Uh, apparently, it's a... Uh, you, uh, the victory app is based on a calendar system where the user can mark the days they were victorious over porn... Or had a setback using colors. White represents the days they were victorious, and gray represents the days with a setback. It's funny and, because a sad day is a gray day is a day that I didn't nut. Whereas a, <laughs> I, th- I would think white come come as white, right? And it's, they've they flip flopped it. Yeah, I know that doesn't make any sense. Uh, but I love I love it. it's super Catholic, especially a date with a green square around it signifies a day the user went Ugh. to confession. I gross. I don't know. I I do. I I have been obsessed with the thought of it. I didn't download it. I wish I had. Almost. Oh, I you should just and just have all. I just didn't days. want them tracking. I assume. I assume the whole point is like, okay, now log yourself masturbating. If you're gonna do it, use the app uh, to log <laughs> it so you can mark your triggers and stuff, and it just live feeds straight to the Vatican. <laughs> and there's just here's there's the thing. Just Eighty priests jerking it to you, jerking it. Great. Great. Yeah, I'm sure that it's like this. It requests access to your video feed. Um, <laughs> your mom's just like, what the fuck is our data usage this month? <laughs> uh, so here's the first thing I thought when you sent me this uh, the other day is they thought this was what they should be focusing their IT solutions on and not an app to help priests not rape kids. Like this was the problem. <laughs> they really the should have the verse. We should we should make it. I bet we could. I bet I bet if we got our minds together, we could create an app for priests to mark every day they don't rape a kid, you know. Why don't they just make a fucking dating app for priests so that they can have consensual sex with adults? Uh they do. It's called Grinder. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Yeah, but that's that's the no-no kind of sex though. I I don't think I've ever. Well, I guess uh, I guess they do go both ways. I guess priests rape a lot of little girls and a lot of little boys. Yeah, it's about power. Yeah, it's it's a. It's not about sex. It's Um, not gay. But they're trying to get the priests married now, so maybe that'll fix it. I don't. You know, that's one of those things. This is this is off on a tangent. But I remember. I mean, is any part of this not a tangent? We we are a tangent. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I remember long time ago before i really understood what catholicism was you know because I, I came from a pseudo catholic family i mean my yeah. parents were catholic but i wasn't yeah i mean you came from a half polish half mexican family which is the two worst kind of catholics <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but i remember my parents were just talking about all the issues with the catholic church and why they kind of left it you know they're like it's all bullshit and they have all these yeah. you know like they're, they're, they don't let female priests you know, and they care about all these fucking rules, and it's all bullshit. And I was like, well, why don't you guys just like band together and like 
try to change the church. Some guy already did that like 300 years ago, but you know, the, the easiest thing to do is just fucking walk away. Like, I don't, I'm not going to make a big deal though. <laughs> like I, I'm always kind of curious when like the Catholic church is like, we're going to rebrand and we're going to allow Mexicans to be priests and we're going to allow uh, <laughs> women to be priests and stuff like that. And everyone's like, this is heresy. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, the other option is just to fucking let it all go and not waste your time with that shit. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's funny so. because all religion is, or not all religions, but especially like Catholicism, and then uh, LDS, they're basically just progressing in the same direction as the rest of culture just 50 years late. <laughs> I mean, they're getting there. You got to hand it to them. Just I, take your time. Uh, yeah, I think I saw that somewhere where uh, – I mean, this is, a, this is a common thing where, like, uh, I, I think the church tries to pretend that it's, like, this wave of morality that's pushing forward. Yeah. When usually it's atheists and secularists trying to, like, be like, hey, I don't think we should own slaves. And the church is like – Give us some time to think about that one. We're gonna come back, <laughs> gonna come to, back to that. You know? Hey, I don't think we should rate kids. Be like, mm, give us give us a couple of decades. It's, Just let it's it happen un- for a couple of decades. We're gonna we're gonna think about it. We're gonna come back. Yeah, it's almost like the modern church is in a dry spell where God's not talking to them anymore or giving them visions. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, they yeah. need to work on that for sure, bro. Well, you know, the ancient Israelites actually went through a similar period. Yeah, all right. Let's is, do it it. <laughs> is it too early? Did Fuck you have that. more thoughts? No, let's let's get into it. Let's get into the Bible. All right. Today. Well, real quick, everyone, that allusion I just made is to what we're going to be reading about today. This is the Revelations podcast. We're out here reading the Bible, so you don't have to. I'm Grant Voiced. And I'm Cold Lewski. And we are kicking off the book of First Samuel. Um, Samuel is a prophet. We're going to learn all about him. And he the reason it's First Samuel, this is a first for us. Is that there's a second Samuel, so uh, we're gonna get a double dose of Samuel over the next couple months. I would say probably, yeah, uh, yeah, my, something um, like that. My, my girlfriend, I was reading the Bible, uh, obviously, and uh, my girlfriend was like, "Is that like?" Was looking at my hand. She's like, "Oh my god, are you only that far in the Bible?" Like, it's like <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "This podcast is never gonna end. Like, at some point, you're gonna have Five to give years. up. There's just no way you'll finish this book." <laughs> Because uh, it's taken us forever. But I feel like we give it the love it deserves, you know? Exactly. No one is giving you this kind of a comprehensive look at it, yeah. you know? I, I can't even imagine I – mean, we're going to get into it, but I can't even imagine reading this shit non-ironically, though. Like, I, <laughs> like we do. Yeah. I mean, I have, so thanks. <sighs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot. Uh, again, another, another one of the many stories – uh, where I was like, Missy, do you know the story of Samuel and Eli? And she's like, Oh yeah, it's like the guy was like blind and he had like like visions and he was like uh, could understand the word. I was like, Ah, no. she's like, That's all I know. That's all I know about. It. I was like, There's there's more. There's, there's a lot of subtlety to that story that, that that adds a bit to it. Sure, I mean, but I will say, at least this first bit is uh, it's kind of boring compared to some of the crazy shit we've been through. Um, oh sure. Compared to some of it, um, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll touch onto it uh, again later today. I was just, I was trying to remember why I was thinking about rape, like uh, priests raping kids, and I couldn't huh. remember exactly why I was thinking about. It. And then I remembered, oh, because I've been kind of reading the book Eli. of Samuel a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll get into that later, though. <laughs> but anyway, so today we're starting the book of Samuel, First Samuel one. How do you do that? Is it one Samuel, first book of Samuel, Samuel first 1? Samuel chapter one? First Samuel, interesting. Because I just remembered um, when Trump was like saying, "Like two Corinthians," you know what the fuck that's about. <laughs> no, and I was like, "Am I? Am I? I'm gonna be that guy that's like First Samuel." And everyone's be like, "What the fuck?" 
Uh, you're right. First Samuel is how you say it. Is it one second? Because se- uh, some the book of John, the second book of John, well, the second series of John is first, second, and third John later in the Bible. So you even get up to third. Huh. If you want to get crazy, too much. Um, yeah. Apparently, the original books of Samuel were one volume, uh, and then when it got translated to Greek, it was joined with the Book of Kings. And then later it got divided into four divisions. So you have, I guess, First Samuel, Second Samuel, Kings one, Kings two. I guess. I don't and know. then after that, First and Second Chronicles. It just keeps going. We're getting all crazy with it. Too much. Too much. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, so let's talk about it. the author of Samuel. Apparently, is anonymous. I don't think Samuel wrote this. I mean, I don't think anyone wrote any of it really. Let's let's put a pretended Samuel. That would be easy. Let's pretend we're Samuel. Yeah. The the Jewish tradition claims that the Samuel, uh, the prophet Samuel, wrote the book of Judges and Samuel. Whereas some other prophets kind of filled in the rest of the gap, but who the fuck cares? Sure. I didn't see anything in Google uh, referencing who wrote it. I guess he doesn't care. Um, yeah. And um, I guess the, the the period of time for Samuel 1, my my Bible saying is that it's a 10-year span from 1120. Oh, sorry. 120-year span from 1120 to 1010 BC. Huh. So okay. I'm getting into a, a weird thing. But apparently the birth of Samuel is dated 1120 BC, which is kind of where we start. Um, I, that, that's going to come into play because we're going to start interacting with people, and we'll get into it. But uh, – I find it hard to believe uh, the timeline here in this in this part of the book. It just seems weird. Um, but uh, let, let, let's get into it. Yeah, let's crack this bitch open. Hmm. So uh, let's set the scene first. There's an Ephraimite. He has a bunch of predecessors, as you would imagine. A lot of us do, you could say. Huh. Um, yeah. And it, it lists them, but we're not going to do that. But the important thing is that this Ephraimite has two wives, all right? One named Penina, 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 and one named Hannah, which fortunately Hannah is the hero of the story, not Penina or whatever the fuck her name is. So, otherwise, otherwise you'd be. Oh, a lot what of a mouthful. Penina. Yeah. Penina. So we're going to be talking a lot about Hannah. What do you got? So the guy's name is Elkanah. So I don't know. I don't, I, He's not important. Yeah, kind of. Uh, but all right. So, so yeah. So Elkanah has two wives, one who is barren named Hannah and one who isn't named Peninnah. And that's kind of like how the story starts this, this classic tale of one wife who can't have kids and her rival wife. Correct. Which is not a new theme. Um, we've seen that many times, right? With uh, Sarah and Abraham and their Hagar, their Yeah. Uh, Rachel slave. and Leah. One Rachel was the, and Leah. The, yeah. Jacob's wives. God so loves this, to fuck on fertility. And it's funny because it's always the barren one that ends up kind of having the important line, um, oddly I, enough. I mean, it might just be one of those tropes that's historic that people like to use and yeah. shouldn't really be taken seriously. But Well, I want to get into that later more so, but it's it kind of leads up to their offspring being like the chosen one, if you will. <laughs> um, and that's certainly the case here. Uh, so the scene that we're in is that you've got this dude, his two wives – uh, and it's they're making their yearly trek to Shiloh, which is where God is, right? That's where the house of the Lord is. That's where you do your sacrifices, all that fun stuff. Yeah, I think I think the story thus far is that I mean it's on the cusp of Judges. Sure, it's sort of in the same time as Ruth. I think we need to understand that the in general the land is a shitty fucking place. Yeah, it's not great. And people like Elkanah and Hannah are sort of unique in the sense that they're actually 
legitimate devoted to God peeps. They're um, decent. He he makes a yearly pilgrimage to Shiloh to make his offerings. Yeah, I said that. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> so he he's with his two wives, the barren one and the not barren one, and they get there to do their sacrifice. Um. He's got like portions of meat that he's dividing up between the sons and daughters. But there's these two characters that we're going to run into now. Um, they're the sons of a priest. Uh, the priest's name is Eli. These two boys' his names are Hophni and Phinehas. And they're kind of assholes. All right. So, so Phinehas, this is the thing that was interesting. Uh, so, yeah. So, Eli is the head priest. Hophni and Phinehas are his children. Phinehas was also the son of Aaron, right? Well, so, the offspring. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Like, it's the same name. So, it was a little bit confusing when I read it. I was like, this boy be old. Yeah, it's been hundreds and hundreds of years. So, this is a different... It's just namesake. It's still the, the line of Aaron, though. Correct, because Eli's the priest. Right. So this is and these are basically, priest. like, his apprentices, kind of, I guess. His sons are, like, learning the the trade. It's a, it's a family business, yeah. Um. So, the, yeah, those are the priests. Uh, head priest Eli, his sons Hophni and Phinehas. A lot of the story's going to revolve around those dudes. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. So so the point is that Elkanah is like a good dude. His family's a good dude. Uh, but Hannah is barren. Yeah. And Elkanah is like, don't worry. Every time I give a piece of meat to my, you know, my, my good wife, I'm going to give you double the meat. Doesn't that make you feel good? Doesn't that yeah. make you feel good? Surrounded by like her 10 kids all eating just one portion and you get a double <laughs> portion of t- potatoes. Well, I don't think this is for eating. This is for sacrificing. The idea being that she will have more to give God. In the hopes that he will open up her womb. Because yeah. let's face it, if a woman isn't pumping out babies, what the fuck is she doing? <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> you know? is you know? she doing? You know what I'm saying? You know what That's I'm the saying? implication here. That's the. Uh, it's not even just the implication, it's outright. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah. something I enjoy, I enjoy is um, uh, maybe a little dab on uh, polygamy in general. Uh, Samuel 1.6. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So, so, so I guess from that line, we can see that Peninnah is like, ha ha ha, look at my pussy. It's all blown out. I've had like 10 kids. <laughs> look at this thing. I can, I can sweep the goddamn floor with it. Oh, no. Why did you say that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's a goddamn ready mop. Okay, good. So, anyways, moving on. Enough of the anatomy. Uh, they are there and basically Hannah is just a mopey molly, right? Yeah, it um, says it gives her like an eating disorder. Yeah, she wouldn't eat because yeah. she's barren and she's just sad, which I get it, you know. That's the yeah. that's the social uh, structure that in play. That's how she va- sees her own value is as a baby giver. So she's not doing it. She's really upset about it. And yeah, Elkin is like, you, baby, why are you crying? Like, come on. I wonder if part of the reason she's so barren is because she's she's too skinny. Oh. Maybe she needs to put it's some It's like a vicious bottle. cycle. Yeah. She's like, and I haven't had my period in years. And it's like, well, that might have something to do with but, that. But what's important here is that Elkanah actually is a good fucking dude as far as I can tell. He goes to her. He sees that his, his wife is men mourning. And he's like, hey. Don't I mean as much to you as ten sons would? Like, why do you need kids? You got me. Like, I love you. Yeah. We're great. Isn't, isn't having one half a husband as good as ten sons, he says? I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying that, like, he is not – he's a better man than Abraham is what I'm getting at, right? Like, Abraham's like, shit, I got to go fuck this girl or whatever. Well, Whereas- uh, I mean, I, that, 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 it's fun talk for 
Elkanoc because he has a second wife who's full of kids. It's not like he's worried about his progeny. Sure. He's like, he's sure. like, yeah, it's fine that you can't have kids. I've got plenty of kids. Let's just go like tour the world. We'll go see Paris. We don't have to worry about a fucking. Yeah, but he know. didn't cast her aside. Like I think that he's this is uh, this is especially contextually speaking honorable enough guy. Uh, yeah, I mean he's, he's not, better than he, most people we've read about. <laughs> he seems to just generally enjoy her company. <laughs> yeah, and doesn't seem as bothered by the fact that she's barren, even though Hannah obviously is. And he um, seems to kind of believe that eventually that will change. Like he has some sort of faith or whatever bullshit. Uh, I mean he's certainly yeah. making offerings in yeah. that sort of bit. So may- maybe maybe he's just like yeah yeah, just keep playing with it. You know, we'll just keep I'll just keep busting inside you, and if it happens, it happens. Yeah. Um. So. So they go they, down to Shiloh. Yeah. Well, they already went. They're already in Shiloh. <laughs> so they're in Shiloh. And Eli, the priest, is just chilling outside the tabernacle of the Lord. Yeah. He's got a chair there. He's like on the stoop, probably playing playing dice. Probably. Probably just chilling. Yeah, um, he's got a 40. And this is kind of a funny bit. So Hannah decides, <laughs> Hannah decides she's going to pray to the Lord in all this bitterness and anger. She's just going to let God have it. And she decides to make a vow, and and she's like basically saying, "Okay, listen, God, if you give me a kid, if you remember me and give me a child, I will dedicate his life to you, and no razor shall come upon his head." So it's essentially, uh, this it's actually almost exactly the same story as Samson. Yeah, the I mean, Naz- what's the Nazarite thing, right? Yeah, the Nazarite thing. Uh, it, it also seems kind of like a. Uh, a bad witcher idea. situation. Well, yeah, it's a bad idea, but it's like a <laughs> witcher situation, you know. Like th- these women are like, "Oh God, I would give anything for a kid," and then he's just popping out and like, "Anything? Yeah, 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 yeah." You would give anything for a kid. Would you give me your kid if I gave you a kid? <laughs> like, huh? That's an interesting. But uh, so she's she's like, "I will, I will. If I, if God, if you give me a son, I will dedicate his life to you, and he will become a Nazarite, and no razor shall come upon his head." It's pretty goddamn selfish. Like just for because here's the here's what this shows she doesn't actually want a child to raise right she wants she a just child. wants to lose her barren like stigma um, she doesn't give a fuck what happens with the child take it leave it she just wants it to be born she's basically a Republican <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're not aborting yeah yeah oh I just wish I could have a kid so I could you know, give it away um, just kick these kids out uh, I guess another thing is also I mean we've kind of seen that barrenness we haven't really seen it in play yet, but we do know that there's many instances where being barren is specifically used as a punishment from God for being a piece of shit. True. You know, if you cheat on your husband, he'll make you barren. If you're fucking uh, shithole, uh, he'll make you barren. So I would imagine if I were like the neighbors and you're like, you know, fucking Elkanar's been trying. What do you think she did? Yeah. Yeah. She's a sinner. So, She's there, uh, like we said, we've got Eli the priest sitting outside the doorpost to the lo- the doorpost of the Lord's house, and Hannah is in here, and you have to kind of imagine this, right? Like, this is a uh, a scene of deep, deep grief. She's weeping, and she's, like, praying to God, begging, begging, bartering with God, but she's not actually making any noise. She's just, like, mouthing, mouthing it, yeah. which, um, that's not as crazy as it sounds. Well, okay, no, it's crazy, but... That's something that still happens, I guess I should say. Yeah, so, it, it, it's surprising that the priest, this is the first time he's seen it. Like, Eli's got to be like an old dude by now. And yeah. he sees her just like, or she looks like shit. Uh, and she's just like, bah, 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 and her mouth's moving, but nothing's coming out. And um, Samuel one fourteen. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? 
put your wine away from you. Basically, like, look at this fucking you drunk bitch. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get it. I mean, I've seen, I've been at churches where you see people doing that all up and down the aisles, and you're like, yeah, there's someone, these people are drunk. It looks like that. <laughs> like, makes sense. You just, you just see a guy rolling around with a snake. You're like, someone. I mean, they do that shit in Tennessee. Eight Watch o'clock out. in the morning. What is this guy doing? <laughs> like, yeah, early to bed, early to rise with snakes. Um, mm-hmm. So she turns to him and she's like, no, no, my lord. Like, listen, I, I'm just a really deeply troubled woman. Which now I'm like slowly backing away, making sure she doesn't have a knife or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, something interesting here, and I, I guess it's mentioned in Judges, although I, I didn't really see it in my translation. But um, Samuel one sixteen, uh, you know, she goes, "Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now." So basically, she's like, "I'm not drunk. I'm just really, really fucking sad." Yeah. But the interesting bit is she when she says, do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, apparently the actual wording she used here literally means daughter of Belial. Belial? Nice. Which I guess is a... Some sort of a, demon. Eventually will demon. become the name for Satan. So it's yeah. kind of one of these first... Uh, I, I don't know. I I kind of wonder... It seems like right now... Everything that's evil is a rival god or some other demon, Moloch or Balaam, or not Balaam, but uh, Belial or whatever, whatever the fuck. It it just seems like there's a lot of other demons out there that are other rival gods or whatever. And it kind of is like, or it could be Satan. So I, I don't know if the Bible's what what it literally says about this Satan character or how it might retcon it. But for right now, when she's like saying, hey, don't think of me as like a wicked woman, someone who's uh, working for Satan. She's really talking about like a rival Canaanite god, essentially. Yes. Um, so, yeah, just letting them know that's not that's not what's going on here, because only a foreigner would get drunk at church. Is the implication, I suppose. Uh, We've seen a couple times, but yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Um, So he says, all right. So he gets it. He's like, tell you what, woman, go on your way. You're good. And may the God of Israel grant you what you've asked him. So basically, that's it. She just got the blessing from like the big daddy priest, um, which apparently is all it takes. Uh, Uh, She says, "May, may your servant find favor in your eyes. And she went on her way. And ate something. Yay! Yeah, she finally... Give give this Karen Carpenter a sandwich. Thanks, I'm cured. (laughs) It's good. (laughs) Um, To me, it kind of felt like Eli Eli was, like, backpedaling. I feel like he was coming at her pretty hard. Like, hey, you drunk fuck, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of the church. And she's like, I'm not, like, drunk. I'm just really sad. He's like, ooh, all right, well, let me super bless you and, like, make this go away. Um, I remember I was... uh, Yeah, I was was charter fishing once, and... uh, um, at the end of the, the day, yeah, drunk, of course. But at the end of the day, you're like supposed to tip. I'm like, hey, thanks, bro. And then you can bring their fish, your fish to them, and they'll clean it for you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I tipped a guy twenty bucks. I thought that was fine. And then I'm standing there with my bag of fish, and there's like ten people in front of me, and like ten people behind me, and he's just cleaning fish. And then I'm standing there, and he's just like, uh, he's looking at me, and he goes to the guy behind me, he's like, are right, you, you're next, you're next. And I'm just like, the fuck's going on? Finally, I'm the last guy there. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Are you skipping me? And then finally, there's me and like one other dude, and he's like, uh, "How about you?" 
And I'm like, dude, what the fuck is going on here? And he's like, well, you didn't tip. And I was like, get fucked, asshole. I gave you 20 goddamn bucks. I'm fucking angry. And uh, we just all like had this big blowout. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me give you some extra fish. Can I, can I give you some of this fish? And I, can I give you the fish. And I was like, you know what? That doesn't even make this okay. <laughs> it did make it okay, though, right? It did make it okay. <laughs> <laughs> But that's how I feel about this Eli. It's like you've been caught, Eli. He's like, oh yeah, I guess I guess probably as a priest, I shouldn't be kicking women out of this church. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Don't worry. You'll have as many kids as you can handle. And he wasn't wrong. She goes home full of food, and uh, I guess her husband is a bit of a feeder because he's into it. Yeah, and goes to town. Says he made. They made love, and sure enough, she became pregnant with a son, who she named Samuel. Because she said, I asked the Lord for him. I don't know. What does Samuel mean? Why does uh, she it, say that? It literally means uh, it's actually, I guess in the Hebrew, it would be Shemuel. Uh, it means heard of God. So it's actually that, Shemuel. Shemuel? Ugh. So the, ugh. Uh, Samuel, that last E-L actually stands for L, God. Oh, yeah. There's an L in it. You're, you're not wrong. Fun. I like that. Um, and it's, it's kind of a funny bit. So, so she finally has Samuel. And uh, they're still good boys. They go every year to perform their sacrifice. And Elkanah's like, Hannah, you, you come in. We're going to go do a sacrifice. Yeah. And she goes, no, no, no. Not until the child is weaned. Then I will take him that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. So her husband, being the cool guy that I have always insisted he was, is like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah, man, give, my, give my son away? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fucking mouth to feed around here. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't you give it away? Um, so she stays and weans him. And eventually he's a nice young strapping lad, I imagine. Mm. Probably got a fucking. No. Got, got he's <laughs> just old. Like, how old do you have to be before you're weaned? Isn't that like two? I think once you can walk. No. Yeah. I mean, weaned off the tit, right? I was uh, nursing until I was 12. <laughs> All right. Well, I wonder if that would have been like the reason he's like, like she, he's like eight years old, and he's like, "Are we gonna give this guy to God or what?" She's like, "He's not ready yet." It's just well, I mean, it depends on your definition of weaned. Just is weaned being able to grow facial hair? Because yeah. I'm still not weaned. <laughs> I <laughs> ditto. Uh, too much estrogen from all those pills I take. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, all um, that soy milk. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. I, I, I was under the impression that so. Uh, so here's here's my evidence of why I think he's like three years old. Yeah, is if that's you were, what I think. You said he was like fucking twelve or some shit. No, I, I said think he's, he's a strapping he was like young, a strapping young lad. lad. Fucking oh, uh, I don't know. Like he can walk I, with I confidence. Know. I'm getting some red flags. I never described a three year old as strapping. Oh uh, well, that's that's <laughs> how I see him. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but I see him. I see him walking around like the uh, the El- the potty Elmo. Does you know? Uh, he like swings his arms back and forth, kind of strutting in there. Yeah, yeah. Sex little three year old with all yeah. that three year old swagger before he knows you know about death and shit. <laughs> right, 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 right. Life Leave is still learn. fun before it's yeah. all broken. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she stayed and nursed her son until she had weaned him. I I, I think he's got to be like not even three years old. Sure. Um. So once he was weaned, she took him up with her. With three bowls, one ephah flour, a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And they slaughtered the bull, and then she gives the kid to Eli. And uh, basically, yeah, Eli, remember me? I'm that chick you called a drunk. Well, I had a kid, and it's all yours now, buddy. It's all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. Pretty wordy. Um, yeah, you get it. I was looking all over for the Bible, and maybe I should stop reading a physical one and like start using like a digital one so I can fucking search it or some shit. Because I know that we talked about uh, either in Numbers, Deuteronomy, Leviticus. Again, those all kind of run together in my mind. But somewhere in there, there was talking about when you devote a child to God, and we were very confused about it. Okay. Like, I was like, are they talking about, like, a maid? Or are they talking about, like, a servant? Like, what do you mean you can just give a kid to the church? What do they do there? They yeah, we talked about that. That was the Nazarite thing. Yeah, that is the Nazarite thing. Yeah, I didn't really yeah. understand it. And now I'm kind of, like, I think we're seeing, like, an, exa- an example of yeah. it. That uh, apparently you can do, like, one of those, like, uh, firehouse uh, baby drops and you're like, all right, this guy fucking, he's dedicated to God now. You can have him. Yeah, but I feel like this is slightly more positive an implication than dropping your kid off at a firehouse. Uh, like, they make sandwiches. What do you, what do you do? <laughs> they don't have, that would be, like that would be kind of funny if it's like a, fire, like a firehouse sandwich shop. They're like, hey, guys, there's a three-year-old outside. I'll put him to work. <laughs> Someone thought this was a, fire, a real fire station. <laughs> yeah, fucking. All right, well, get him working on these fucking pastrami subs. <laughs> gotta make, teach him the hook and ladder. That's all I need. Ooh, <laughs> that yeah. is our way. That is a good sub. Yeah, um, I'm going to have to get one after this. So uh, so Hannah then goes into – this is that's the end of chapter one. Chapter two starts off with Hannah going into a prayer that's like kind of a poem. Are we going to read this thing? Uh, she sings a, a song. I, I don't think we need to read it. Just just understand that it's kind of interesting. It's it, uh, The um, – the synopsis I have is basically Hannah sings a song that essentially is, I'm doing great and my enemies can eat shit. Yeah, um, that's more or less it. And then also, God giveth and God taketh away. It's basically in those two parts. Like the first bit is like, oh yeah, my Lord is great. My fucking heart is all rejoicing. My life is great. Uh, God's taking care of me. There's no rock like his. Uh, and all those arrogant bitches that said I couldn't do it, you know, eat shit. You, you know she's singing this just within earshot of Penina. Yeah, like, like Pinna's there surrounded by children and her also husband. And like, it just had us like, oh, yeah, and all those people outside, I could never do it. They can suck my dick. And she's like, oh. Yeah, it's like the it's like the one time that the kid beats you in horse. Yeah. And you just beat him every day. And then he's like, oh, 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 goes tell us everyone about it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I feel like it's like you're playing Mario Kart and she gets one lap and you're just like, no. yeah, yeah, fuck you. Throws the controller to the wall. And you're like, calm down. <laughs> Precisely. I still so have she 10 takes more kids lap. than you. <laughs> um, I think the phrase "act like you've been there" is was not in existence back then because clearly she hasn't. Yeah, it's a bit uh, of a, a, bit of a touchdown dance, you know. So it says at this point, uh, Elkanah went home to Ramah, but the boy ministered before the Lord under Eli the priest. So Samuel is now basically the the boy of Eli, right? He's a sucking. Yeah. Cabin boy. I, I want to. I want to kind of briefly talk about it. it, it my Bible's concordance talks about. It, it says the Psalm of Hannah was a spontaneous response of her heart to God for His graciousness. It was later taken up in part by Mary, mother of Jesus, in her so-called Magnificat. No idea what the fuck that is. Apparently, it's in some book called Luke. Um, hmm. But it, it's like a symbol of her strength and how God had strengthened her in the birth of Samuel. And her worth was ready to be assessed by her enemies, who had previously viewed her condescendingly because of her barrenness. Um, it, it, she, it says spontaneous, but I, let's face it. 
This was not spontaneous yeah, at all. Yeah, she had the shit planned. You know, you know that she walked out of that tent. And this is how- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, great. Uh, perfect. Uh, something else that my Bible makes careful mention of is two six. The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and brings up. Hmm. So basically, this is like the first time where I think the Bible has ever mentioned that God has the ability to raise the dead. Hell yeah. Which he doesn't do for a hot minute. Yeah, <laughs> but apparently she, this woman with zero evidence and no scripture backing it up, is like, yeah, he sure. fucking also raises the dead. In case you were wondering, this feel her her like listing these uh, powers and abilities of gods is like whenever I go on a deep dive in Wikipedia for uh, different X Men and their powers, and I'm like reading up on these things that you never really see him do. I don't <laughs> know why I'm, I obsess over that though. You're like. Like Gambit can pull that rod right out of his ass. I'm like, I never. That's never in the movies. I want to see it. Wolverine can smell a fart before it happens. <laughs> how is he that? Probably can. How is that a power? I, I think that um, actually is one. Ironically, but uh, yeah. So that that kind of sums up where we're at uh, up to that point. Yes. So, so everything's good. The boy belongs to Eli, Eli now. Yada yada yada. Just sent to live with a priest. I, I don't know what else could. I don't know what could go wrong. Yep. Now, the second half of chapter two, things take a turn from the victorious rap, uh, rap battle that uh, Hannah had to the sons of Eli that we mentioned earlier. So we talked about them briefly because they were at on the scene in Shiloh, uh, Hophni and Phinehas. Now we're going to dig a little bit into who they are as people. So the Bible tells us they're scoundrels in short. They're pieces um, of shit. Yeah, they don't give. They are in a position of authority, right? As like priest assistants or whatever they are, priest mm-hmm, apprentice. Mm-hmm. But they don't give a shit about God. Um, now it tells us that the practice at the time was whenever someone came to give a sacrifice, the priests would be allowed to take a fork, stick it into the boiling pot of meat, and whatever they pull out on the fork, that's like the priest's piece. Um, yeah, I don't yes. remember that part really being earlier when. In like the yeah I, the Pentateuch in the original Pentateuch yeah the the priests were given a subsection of the beef yeah um because they handled the sacrifice in general I mean they're the ones shredding the fucking uh, oxen to pieces you know yeah um, I, I think if we recall and I might be paraphrasing a little bit um is that the first thing they do is they remove the fat which is going to come into play later uh, but the first thing you do is you remove the fat. Uh, you throw it into the brazier to burn it. Yeah. Uh, you drain all the blood, and then you like take you you split it apart, and you create a burnt offering with the meat. But some of it goes to the priests. And I, I mean, I'm not saying that they are contradicting. It just might not have been as descriptive. Is that you know the priests taking their cut might have just been them uh, sticking a flesh hook <laughs> into a pot of boiling meat. Ugh. So I mean, when we Boiled talked about beef. it earlier, yeah. What would that even turn out like? Ugh. Ah, it's pot roast, I guess. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't know. Boiling meat is kind liquid. of fucking. I, I think boiling any meat is kind of the worst way you can cook it. Yeah. Um. But uh, that, that's some white people kitchen food. But um. <laughs> but yeah, so they're like, oh yeah, good, another another steaming pot of boiled meat. Thank you, God. Yeah. Thanks, God. You loser! But and, and this is kind of interesting. These are these are these are these are the evil. We're going to find out what their punishment is. But this is part well, of the reasons why the sons of Eli are so wicked. 
It's just that they didn't want the boiled meat. Yes, they They're just don't like, want hey, boiled meat, yeah. Before you boil that bullshit, let me just take a cut. Which makes sense, because then they can roast it. And roasted meat is, of it's course, delicious. delicious. Yeah, fuck, yeah. They want to roast it over a fire, because they're... Let's face it, they're millennials, right? They gotta have everything <laughs> all gourmet, avocado toast, roasted meat bullshit. Um, but apparently that's, like, the biggest sin ever. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I love it that they're like, hey, guys, what if instead of a giant pot of disgusting, boiled, unseasoned beef... What if we just cut off a piece first? I- I'm trying to imagine these guys like trying to think about things because the people they're dealing with are idiots. So oh, yeah. I'm I'm assuming that they're like, hey guys, what about this? What about this? You're already gonna give the beef to us, right? And the guy's like, right. And I was like, okay. And we're gonna give some of it to God, and we're gonna eat part of it too, right? And they're like, right. And they're like, can we just cut it off now? And he's like, that's against God. Like you. <laughs> and so it says that if the person replied to the brothers. No, let the fat be burned first and then take whatever you want. Uh, they would reply, no, hand it over now. If you don't, I'll take it by force. <laughs> so now they kind of sound like assholes. <laughs> yeah, 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 kind of pricks. But I love it. I love it. The priest like, hey, man, check it out. There's a new policy. We're going to fucking uh, cut it off a piece now and roast it over the fire. That's going to be real tasty. And you can throw the rest into the pit for God, you know, and um, – the guy's uh, like, bada boom. Yeah, the guy's like, no, the rules of the priesthood. I'd be like, bitch, are you honestly telling the head of the priest how to fucking priest? Give me your goddamn meat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just the the scare tactics, the bullying, the racketeering. It's starting to feel Fun. like the Levites are actually Italians. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> just played it. Which is why the Pope is in Italy. Stereotypes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I love it. They're like, yeah, they're, like, they're who dumb. You, who are going to believe, me or the head of the priest? He's like, no, priest, you have to throw it in this puddle of water uh, and then pull from that. Gross. Uh. So it says that the sin was very great in the Lord's sight because God is fucking idiot. And like, I don't know. Like, honestly, it never said that the sin was very great in the Lord's sight when the Benjamites were raping everybody. So <laughs> this, I guess, yeah, this is. What, I mean, line. that's something we've seen. Like you can you can be wicked, you can rape, you can pillage, but the yeah. second you fuck with the church, now God's feelings yeah. are hurt. God's like you're messing up the way they're making the gravy. <laughs> <laughs> um, something something interesting is I I wonder. I think. We're joking on it because it is fucking meat. So who the fuck yeah. cares? Uh, they're just like, sure. can I get a little bit of that marbled steak? You know, because they're like, no, we throw the fat into the fire. They're like, ah. let me boil this filet mignon on, first. Me, yeah, then yeah, you can have it. Get a nice sear on that shit first, bro. I mean, do you have any <laughs> idea how much boiled meat I eat every single day? Like, I just want to mix I'm with it up. the brothers. I just want to say. Yeah, I just want to mix it up a little bit. Goddamn. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it's a parallel. Essentially, they're embezzling from the church, though. You know, yeah, these and, are. These are their There's, offerings, and they're supposed to be given to God, and they're like, no, let me just get a little snack off that. Yeah, whatever. Um, and their sins do start to stack up here a little bit more. Yeah, I, I think it's also a, a line we can take from it. It's also, they're just not really taking their job very seriously. You know, they're, they're, there's there's rules on how this is supposed to be handled. They're like, yeah, well, fuck the rules. I mean, fuck procedure. We, you know. Yeah. I'm sure God doesn't care if we mix up the order of this whole sacrifice thing, you know. Yeah, they're like, this is our thing. Yeah, it turns out he does, though. That was another Italian joke. That's what, uh, <laughs> Cosa Nostra, you know? Keep, keep okay, coming, so, yeah. thank you. So, it says, in the meantime, so this is all happening, right? The sinning, the sinning, they're doing their thing. Um, meanwhile, Samuel is, it says, ministering before the Lord. He's walking around, this picture this cute little kid walking around in his little priest, Probably linen a ephod. Cute kid. Yeah. He is a cute kid, I can tell. 
Um, I, I it says that his, his uh, mother every year when she comes to town to uh, sacrifice shit, she brings him a fresh robe. So that's good. He gets a change of clothes every year. <laughs> it's like, I mean, imagine when he has his gross bird. <laughs> it's like he's wearing a fucking sundress of a new font. His balls just hanging out underneath. <laughs> Whoa, okay. You are wearing. Now, the, are you sexualizing children? I'm on assuming our he's like 18, but I'm assuming he's like just wearing like they're like, what are you wearing? It's like this is my this is my robe. I'm like robes. It looks like a shirt, and I notice that every time you bend over. I'm getting a full look up your asshole. I'm like, yeah. Maybe they had like some sort of an extension they could put on it while they waited for his mom to bring a new linen ephod. Man, you are growing like a weed. I can see the whole tip. <laughs> so it says that uh, every year they came up, you know, Elkanah and Hannah, and I'm assuming the other wife who we're not going to talk about. Yeah. And it says Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife, saying, May the Lord give you children by this woman to take the place of the one that she gave to the Lord. And they would go home. And sure enough, she had three sons and two daughters on top of Samuel. So total of six kids, you know, that's pretty busy. Yeah, I, I love the idea that it's like described as like alone. Like, yes, thank you for, for your kid. You're going to get back. It's kind of like um, interest. Interest kind of like, but it's also like, uh, I'm trying to remember what the fucking word is. I used to watch the 700 Club a lot, but they used to have a word for it. And now I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was the idea that if you gave Oh, you can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. Yeah, yeah. Like they're like, uh, but it was also. My dad the, used to say that all the time. But they had a really technical word for it. Like it was a guarantee. They're like, if you give us just ten percent of your paycheck, we guarantee you will get a miracle bank error in your favor. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. It was one of those things. Where it was like, who would possibly be dumb enough? I've seen Nigerian scammers that are <laughs> that make more fucking sense than whatever the fuck I've seen. But they had testimonials of people like, yeah, oh, we were no. we were down to our last dollar, and I had only a couple hundred bucks to my name, and then we had this idea: let's give it all to a bunch of maniacs in Texas with their own private planes and sure enough the next day we had a miracle bank error in our favor i came in there was an extra five grand in our bank account and we were able to survive the month and i was just like the fuck Are it's you good they found is- a way to they found a way to tax the mentally disabled <laughs> <laughs> good for them you know but this idea that like uh like bank of america is just sitting around and be like what the fuck there's just thousands of dollars being just missing from our accounts how is this happening they're like it's probably God, bro. I think we just let this slide. You know, like, like this is this is this is what when you give to God, one child, He'll give you six. So He'll give you the bank's money. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's just assume they're not Christians. Yeah, like like these these people are just like, wait a minute, uh, an extra five grand came to my bank. I'm sure no one was harmed. That's just magical money, right? Just just a couple of numbers and zeros. You know? Yeah, yeah, no one harmed. I mean, it's all just you know. Their money, if you know what I'm I saying. I mean, if we assume that the money's coming, that the banks are run by the Rothschilds, yeah. then we're assuming it's all part of a I mean, Jew-run conspiracy, that technically <laughs> these miracle bank errors are coming from the people of God. Great. So that was a good tangent, actually. <laughs> um, so now she has six kids instead of none. Right. And Eli, who's super old at this point... Uh, I don't know why we skipped to this suddenly, but Eli now hears about his sons and the bullshit that they're up to. In fact, not only are they skimming some meat off the top, literally, they are sleeping with the women who serve at the entrance to the tent of meaning. So, like the usher girls? Uh, they lay with the women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. I think that's just anybody. Like, when you assemble at the door, it's to no, make it says offerings. they serve at the door on mine. 
Uh, maybe that's a it's translation because like mine just says the women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle. I mean, so maybe it's better translated in your version. I think it's. I think it's like the women at modern day churches that like uh, hand out the little pamphlets. The pamphlet, yeah. Yeah, those women are always bitches, though. <laughs> Every time I'm in there, it's always some me lady like, "Here's your pamphlet," and they just have like a scowl. I'm like, "What are you like? What's wrong with you?" At least, at least you're speaking your truth, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> that's just my uh, that's just been my experience. Every time I, it always seems like the women at the door, are like the people you'd least like to meet. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I, I think it's funny, yeah, because when we talked about like tasks of the Levites, there's no mention of like women who serve God. Like this would be the first. Um, so I, that, that's kind of what confused me. I could assume that they're there to provide uh, sacrifice, but I just don't know of anyone who serves the tabernacle who's a woman. I just thought that was foreboden, you know. Well, they figured out a way to keep them busy. <laughs> they found a way. The priest found a loophole. There's just a bunch of hot thoughts, just like, is there anything we can do to please God? And he's like, hmm. Oh, yeah. We could use a door girl. They're like, what's a door girl? And they're like, you never heard of a door girl? Oh, it's this uh, chick that sucks my penis, and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah." <laughs> so new role. Uh, this new role we just invented. Sure, sure. So Eli hears about this whole situation Cole just described, and he goes to his sons and he's like, "Hey, every like literally everyone is talking about you fuckers. Like, uh, it's well known what you're up to. Like, this is not you're not like pulling a quick one on me yeah. or God or whatever." Uh, um, uh, Samuel two twenty three. So he said to them, why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all the people. Uh, And then here's uh, 24. No, my sons, for it is not a good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people transgress. If one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? Um, And I don't really, it's very cryptic because he doesn't answer it. It's supposed to be a rhetorical question. I don't know. What tell me? <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny. I mean, I, I think I think what we're saying here is that uh, people assume that when people hurt one another, that like yeah. there's karma or God's going to intervene, or at least at least you can't really blame God. But when sure. you get hurt by a priest, it kind of ruins the reputation for the whole fucking deal. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Like it's and- easy to blame minorities when your shop gets robbed, but when you find a priest is raping kids, it kind of it kind of shakes you a little bit. Now, what happens next is very, um, I guess, reminiscent of what happened in Egypt, because it says that the sons did not heed their father's rebuke. Here's why: because it was the Lord's will to put them to death. Right. So they again. These mortals have their agency withdrawn from them. They are not able to listen to their dad and get back on the correct path because God wants to kill them. It is right? kind of – yeah, it is, that's exactly right. Uh, my, my mind says basically the same thing. Because the Lord desired to kill them, uh, they could not heed the voice of their father. It kind of, it kind of shits on the whole idea – that there's such a thing as like redemption or the ability to change your ways or some shit, you know? Yeah. I mean, the Bible talks a big game about how God is the the giver of grace and the God of mercy. And uh, no matter what your transgressions, if you give yourself to God, he will reward you sevenfold. Sure. But here's, I think, I mean, again, a, a book written by priests trying to sort of justify the priesthood, I guess. This um, one actually is very – so you're not a very good Christian, Cole, so let me explain this. <laughs> right. Now, 
this is not a unique phenomenon. Um, it still happens today. Most people that attend church, and maybe even you, uh, tangentially, are aware of the phenomenon known as preacher's kids. Oh, yeah. Right? Everyone knows. Pre- I was going to say, everyone knows preacher's kids are the worst. Exactly. That's exactly what's happening here. <laughs> yeah. I Every preacher's kid I've ever known, almost without an exception that piece I can think of off the top of my head, is a piece of shit. Piece of I shit. remember being incessant. Like, when I was a little kid, some of my earliest memories in life, I shit you not, or when I was like five, six years old, getting bullied by the preacher's kid who was like seven or eight. Like a lot, because he was kind of big for his age. His name was Bennett. Bennett. Yeah, let's dox this guy. (laughs) I fucking just did. He was a dick. I think he's like a preacher now too. So that's how we know the Bible isn't real because God didn't kill his ass. (laughs) If he was the Bible. But no, he was everyone. He was a fucking terror. All the kids my age were horrified of him. And he got away with it because he was the preacher's kid. And that's exactly what's happening here. Only if there was a God, he would have gotten hit by a car or something. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, there's still time. Let's hope. Yeah, um, well, I hope his kids die. Um, now but, he's a preacher somewhere, probably, you know, fucking his deacons or whatever. His, I don't know. His kid is probably kite look him runnery. Up. You, you start talking. I'm going to look him up on Facebook. <laughs> uh, some kite runner situations repeat itself. Um <laughs> Uh, that's funny. I, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe I don't want to throw that broad a brush, but I, I feel like oh, it's shit, like... I already found him. Oh, he went God. to Liberty University. <laughs> we can't use any of this audio. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can. Anyway. Um, <coughs> Good. Yeah, that's great. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that's fair. I mean, I think it's kind of like when you have like rich kids... You know, who have no concept of how to use money, you know? Uh, It's kind of a situation where when you're raised by these morally uptight people, it's kind of a reversed seventh heaven situation where instead of the kids being bad or instead of the the dad being good and the kids being bad, the kids were good and the dad was a child rapist in real life. Yeah. I wasn't listening to you. Oh. <laughs> Did you tell a joke? I was telling a joke about how the actor who played the dad in uh, Seventh Heaven raped a kid. But Oh, did he in real life? Yeah. It's really, really uh, funny. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was trying to figure out what was up with this kid, but I'm past it now. I put oh, my phone away. Let, let it go. <laughs> you can tell the joke again if you want. No, I'll listen this time. On. I'm sure our audience laughed. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Um, I'm a good co-host. The, the point we're trying to say here is that, and I think – what the Bible is trying to, the, the the story it's trying to tell is that Eli, while a good man and a good priest, he's a weak father. And yeah. his inability to reign in his own children uh, is going to lead to his downfall. Sure. And at this point, we're beyond redemption, like, like we said. Uh, nothing that could happen is going to lead to them being forgiven. And then, uh, you know, in contrast to all that, uh, 2.26, and the child Samuel grew in stature and in favor both with the Lord and men. So I, I think in kind of keeping with our analogy, it's like the situation where, like, um, the father has his own son who's a real piece of shit and who he would not give the business to. And then there's, like, the fucking, his VP who, like, worked from nothing. He's like, oh, you got a good head on your shoulder. Not like not like my son. Not like it's my like a son. gladiator. Yeah, I was going to say Marcus Commodus Aurelius. Versus, yeah. yeah, Commodus versus Maximus. I was going to say, um, yeah. 
Yeah. So this is happening. We know that they're completely irredeemable. And yet, for some reason, it seems that God still sends like a last lifeline. Um, it says that a man of God comes to Eli and says to him, the Lord says, did I not clearly reveal myself to your ancestors family when they were in Egypt under Pharaoh? It's kind of funny. We're talking about Pharaoh now. Another man who did not have any say in what happened to him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another man like these sons that wasn't able to redeem himself or do the right thing because God was fucking puppeting. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's uh, God. God goes on through this man of God's voice to say, I chose your ancestors out of all the tribes of Israel, right? Levi, the Levites to be my priests. You know, you're in the special class. What the fuck are you doing? Why are you scorning my sacrifice and the offerings that I've prescribed to the, uh, to all the Jews? So basically he's like, look, you're supposed to be the best of the best. Your sons are pieces of trash. You're, you know, and all you're doing is like giving them a stern talking to what's going on here. Yeah, that's basically it. Um, I think it's kind of, um, I remember I was watching like true TV once and it was yeah. like an episode of cops and they were following this guy who'd just been looting for like a week. And then uh-huh. finally they like, oh, and then we got him. And then they caught him. And they're like, yeah, we've been following you all week. We got video evidence of you entering all these houses. And he was like, you, you've been watching me for a week. And they're like, yeah. And they're like, so you saw me breaking all those houses and I've been just looting for a week and you just let me do it. They're like, yeah. And he's like, dude, fuck <laughs> you. And they're like, <laughs> like, why did you stop me? Like, oh, I'm sorry. Did you think it was my job? To keep you from breaking into the house. It's my job to punish you after the fact. I was just I was just letting you run up the fucking tab, you know? Like, it, it seems kind of funny that it doesn't seem like the, the goal is to, like, save the kids or stop them. It's like, no, no, no. I just want to see how far you'll go so I can know how much to hit you after. <laughs> I mean, those are both bad people, I think, in that situation. Yeah. Um, much like is the case here, right? Uh, that God is... Has, is railroading them into disaster, and at the same time, these people are assholes. But it's hard to say where does their assholery begin, and God's making them be assholes begin. Like, and or, you know, just like a whole situation. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think the whole point is that God's uh, feelings are hurt. His feelings are hurt. Yeah, for um, sure. But yeah, let's get into it. Uh, Samuel two thirty. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says. Indeed, that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Whatever the f- I don't know. You know it's okay, let me reread idea. that in regular Bible talk. Basically, he's saying, um, I promise that your family would, would be the priesthood, right? That you would be the leaders. But now, oh, fuck no, right? <laughs> uh, those who honor me... Um, I will honor, but the guys that are basically spinning in my face that are doing all these horrible things, you're going to be disdained. You're in trouble. And so the time is coming, he says, that I'm going to cut short your strength and the strength of your priestly house so that no one in it will reach old age. Which, please, give me that curse. Yeah, <laughs> I fuck. Be old. yeah man. Fuck it being old. Too old as it is. Yeah. Um, so it says, although good will be done in Israel, um, none of none of your people will be around to see it, right? You guys are all going to die young and it's going to be great. So, yeah. We're removing we're taking away some of this is this is interesting cuz right we're leading up to the story of David, we're shifting from this period of judges into uh what's going to be like a, a a monarchy um or a theocracy, a theocratic monarchy, I don't know what you would call it. Um and so now it's taking away some of the power of the priesthood because just because these two kids took more meat, took bit off more than they I could mean, chew. They fucked a little say. bit. 
Oh, no. <laughs> it's not expressly forbidden. I'm not quite sure why. Maybe because well, they're unmarried, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess there's that. But I don't think that's a penalty on the men as long as those women were Oh, virgins. hell no. Yeah, I don't yeah, think. yeah, yeah. But they're I, not I, getting their hymens busted. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't really understood it because, yeah, it, it, it definitely he's like, I am going to, God is basically saying, I am going to destroy the priesthood. Um, and it shall be a sign that will come upon your two sons on Hopni and Phinehas. And one day they shall die, both of them. And then I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who will do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. Ooh, I wonder who that's going to be. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder. But it, it, I, I didn't realize that kind of in the context of Judges where it's paving the way uh, literally and thematically for a king that obviously what would have to happen is the destruction of the church. And we're kind of seeing In that a way. Here. The yeah. destruction of the of the like uh, priestly lineage, at least. Right. Or at least it's 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 downgrading from to me from the is... days of of Moses or not yeah from the days of Moses and Aaron these these like leaders to uh, to something. me this is just like when God plagued the Native Americans with disease right before the settlers and pilgrims showed up huh <laughs> it's just like he's like hey it's gonna be a new time new peeps uh, fuck the bu- the buffalo here comes some new so, here's here's some so, new champions. So Revelations podcast is now pro manifest destiny. Is that what I'm picking up? Is that what we're doing? I, I, I think Good. the results speak for itself to the will of God. I mean, I don't know. That's oh just, boy! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could you couldn't defend any other horrific acts of history that yeah, way. You never walk into the a result. casino and be like, "Hmm, I wonder whose side God's on on this side." Nine <laughs> eleven. The results speak for themselves. <laughs> All right. Well, now you now you've taken it farther than I wanted to go. Oh, did I? Did I take it too far? It's okay to joke about the the wanton slaughter of native peoples of America. I can't make a little joke about some airplanes that had bad navigators. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so Samuel chapter First Samuel chapter three. This is called the Lord calls Samuel. So we've been alluding to it, right? The old class is out. The new golden boy is in the neo, if you will. Um, the boy Samuel, chapter or chapter three, verse one. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. So he's kind of like mini Eli, um, but he, the Padawan is about to overtake the master, as you might imagine. Um, it says that in those days, especially in Israel, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. So uh, Samuel. Is going to be the change to all that. So I, again, I made the joke about him being like Neo a second ago. Really, that there's a lot of parallels here. He was the uh, child of a barren womb. He got gifted to God. He has all these things lined up for him to be the one, right? And uh, that's quickly he, going to come to fruition. He's a special boy. He is a very special boy. Um, we should also mention that Eli has gone blind. Very near to it, yes. Right. Uh, kind of wasn't there the book of Eli with Denzel Washington where he was a yes, blind guy? Yeah, where he was a blind man. Spoiler alert! Definitely a reference. Um, so it says that he he's uh, he can barely see. He's laying down in his normal place, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel, what does that mean? I guess like the physical. That's not a metaphor, huh? Uh, it's probably not a like metaphor. The there literally was. If we, it's not worth my time On to the, go back. But there is actually a lamp, an oil yeah. lamp, that the priests maintain within the tabernacle. 
in yes. front so, of it actually is where you leave the snacks out. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Near the bread table and all that shit. Yeah. yeah. So it says that the lamp god's not gone out yet. Uh Eli's sleeping, Samuel's laying down also in the temple somewhere. Um, he's where the Ark of God was, actually, which sounds suspect that he would be that close to the Ark, right? Um, it wasn't like you can only, only the high priest could go in there and only certain times a year. Samuel's a special boy. I don't, I don't know why you think Samuel's inside the tabernacle. Verse three, uh, Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the Ark of God was. So no, I don't know if it doesn't see room. mine specifically states that. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, see, it doesn't say he was lying down. In I'm going to assume tabernacle. my translation is more is more correct though. Maybe okay. So for some reason he's just sleeping. Well, actually, we'd have to go back, but I'm actually pretty sure they do sleep in there. Like they live in there because I remember we joked about how there was. Somebody who is allowed private. The only people who are allowed inside the tabernacle are the priests of Aaron, and they have yeah. a lamp, and they have incense, and they have snacks. And I was like, "Yeah, of course they sleep in there." You know, sure. It's all the, the good food is in their own private. Like shit. Yeah, their own private, good smelling hut. Fair. You know? Okay, so Samuel is somewhere near there, sleeping, and it says that the Lord called out to him. Uh, not not like some angel of the Lord. That God Himself calls out to Samuel. And Samuel hears it, and he says, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me? So this sets the premise that Eli (laughs) is in the habit of calling young Samuel, young strapping Samuel (laughs) to him in the middle of the night. He comes right. Although, to be honest, if if it was 2 a.m. and your dad was like, Grant, get in here, you'd you'd come running. And I'd know exactly what it was time for me to do. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. I guess in my mind, admit that it was rare, but sure, you can take it either way, you know. <laughs> I know what I know. <laughs> I'm a child of the I can only, I can only, I can only uh, uh, base my life on my truth. As I I've used to be one of these chosen boys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. okay, moving on. Um, so the point is, is that Samuel hears this voice. He doesn't know what it is. And he runs to Eli thinking it's Eli. It's like, Eli, you called? And Eli's like, uh, I love it. Um, he just goes, I did not call. Lie down again. Basically, he's like, he's like what? No, I didn't say shit. Fucking fuck go back up. to sleep. Why'd you yeah, wake me up? Fucking piece of shit. Asshole. I'm an old man. You know how hard it's going to be for me to fall back asleep? <laughs> Sleeping on this dirt. So, sure enough, the Lord calls out Samuel as soon as he gets back to sleep. Samuel gets up and runs to Eli. Hey, here I am. Because this kid is fucking dumb as a box of rocks, right? Yeah. Like, come on. You got it. You got it. This is like he's like the the uh, high school kid who's uh, hanging out with some girl watching a movie, and she like uh, she's like I'm cold and like rubs up against him. He's like, oh, let me let me go get you a blanket. <laughs> oh yeah, you know what would make this good? Hot cocoa. <laughs> Have you thought about putting on extra clothing? It's <laughs> this is exactly what's going on. So he's not getting the hints from God. Um, and so finally. Eli kind of catches on after this, the third time this happens. And Eli's like, oh, it's God, obviously. Yeah, I love I that. Why. I love that he doesn't quite get it. He's like, what the fuck? oh, obviously, obviously you must be God. Yeah. God's trying to talk to him. So he says, listen, Samuel, go back, lay down. If you hear the voice again, just say, here I am, Lord. Basically respond to, add to God, right? Don't come running for me. So, again... The Lord came and stood there, it says. So I'm guessing he's physically there. 
and calling out at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. I'm and guessing Samuel it's like said, a ghost situation. Like it is there, a ghost. but you can't see him, yeah. Yes. No, this is another Halloween episode. And uh, God, God speaks out, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replies, speak for your servant is listening. All right. Finally, they're on the same page. Woohoo. Is it weird that Eli has like the exact fucking rules of how you talk to when God It's like no one's ever. God's never talked to Eli. It, it, it just seems kind of like of. a uh, fifth element situation where there's like this old priest who's been studied all his life. And then there's like this cab driver. It's like, hey, I've got the fucking fifth element here. This is cool. What you <laughs> It really is like that. Yeah. Um, but that's because Eli was a bad dude. He he didn't have the balls, the chutzpah, oh. whatever, chutzpah, to, to tell his boys what to do. Gotta, so. You gotta hit your kids. It's like for the same reason that Moses, <laughs> yeah, it's for the same reason that Moses didn't get to enter Canaan, you know? Yeah, just a fuck. Um, he did all the work for 40 years walking around the desert, but- uh, But yeah, you know, you know what it reminds just, me of? It reminds me of, do uh, you ever see a, a paranormal activity? I think yeah. it was Paranormal Activity Two. Uh, they okay, have that's a different question. <laughs> well, they have this. They have this Mexican nanny, right? Uh, sure. And of course, and they, I don't know. This is a common trope that I've seen in movies. I also saw it in uh, Devil by M Night Shyamalan, where somehow, and I never got the fucking memo, but it's somehow Mexicans just know everything about Satan. Uh, it's because they have the deep Catholic heritage. That's like. I guess, you know, but they're like, oh, we think there might be a ghost. And they just come over and the Mexican nanny's just burning sage in the kitchen, you know, and they're like, the fuck, what are you doing? She's like, oh, yeah, you didn't know sage in the kitchen. Everyone knows that. That's the fuck. That's rule one. That's rule one of devils, you know? Yeah. Or uh, I, I mean, I'm going to stand by that trope, though. Like, our <laughs> American Catholicism is JFK. And like, it just means you have a lot of like mistresses. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's the same thing in Devil. Like that was such a fucking stupid movie. Where uh, like um, I never saw it. That's the elevator movie or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. Where uh, th- this guy commits suicide outside, and then they're, they're watching this camera feed of like murders happening in an elevator, and they see like an orange flash, and there's this Mexican security guard it's like <gasps> Diablo. I'm like, what? He's like, it's the devil. And he grabs a piece of butter toast. It was the stupidest movie ever. We're going to go on this tangent. But he takes a piece of butter toast and he drops it and it lands butter side down. He's like, you see? <laughs> Satan's here. And he's like, and then they're like, and he goes, was there a suicide out? And they're like, yeah, there was a suicide. He's like, huh, Satan needs a suicide to enter our world. I'm like, where are you getting this fucking handbook? Was there a pamphlet that I missed and Mexican sure that's being a Mexican school that I fucking it's, <laughs> like, it's it sounds like Doctor Seuss lore though. You know? the down. <laughs> like I just love that. Like Samuel's like, hey, uh, like Eli's just laying in bed, and Samuel's like, Eli, you called? He's like, what? No, what the fuck? Uh, you know what it is, bro? God's talking to you. Here's the fucking. You gotta say, am I your servant? These are all the rules. Everyone knows what you do when you hear voices in the middle of the night. You know? Yeah, this it's is a lot obviously fun. what you do. But uh, they're, they're right. I mean, he's right, right? So he knew what he was talking about. And <laughs> Samuel answers God, uh, says, here I am. And uh, then God goes on to tell him what the fuck's up. He says, so you know this Eli guy and his shitty family. Uh, they suck. And we're going to judge them forever, right? They're going to get fucked in the ass. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, his son blasphemed me. He failed to restrain them. So I've sworn to the house of Eli that their guilt is going to, uh, th- it's not going to be atoned to by any offering. Like they're, they're done. Right. And so Samuel lays back down to sleep with this heavy news, right? That's a lot. To <laughs> yeah. Like God shows up in your room and says, Hey, you know, that guy that you work for, that's like your father figure. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to crush his fucking soul. 
Yeah, it's um, like it's like you know that man you probably respect and have worked under your entire <laughs> life, the one who literally just now, just now gave you the tools required to speak to God. He's like, yeah, what about him? He's like, he done fucked up. He done fucked up big time. <laughs> I'm gonna kill his ass. He done goofed. I can't. I, I'm trying to remember. It was like I, I can't remember what mafia movie I was watching where exactly the same thing happens. Where it's like there's a guy who's like a mentor. And he's like, all right, you're about to go meet the head mafia boss. He's like, oh, hey, what's up? And he's like, you know that guy that like trained you? And he's like, yeah. He's like, he fucked up. He fucked up big time. He, he's he been t- he's been skimming off the top. And your first task uh, is to kill him. I hope that's cool, right? I mean, obviously obviously you serve God, right? Like You're aware of <laughs> you got to go serve. Isn't that in like Road to Perdition or something? I can't remember. I don't know. Anyways. But anyway, that, that, the, whole g- the whole gist is that Eli and his surrogate son Samuel have now accessed – God and the first message is uh, that uh, he shall not be atoned by sacrifice or offering forever and shall be destroyed. And so in the morning, after Samuel slept this off, slept off this horrid news, Eli calls for him. Samuel shows up because this time it actually is Eli, yeah. and he's like, Eli's like, "Well, don't hold out on me, kid. What God say to you? Man? What's going on? <laughs> what was that about? I want the deets. Yeah. I'm assuming he's got like." He's like wearing like pink pajamas and he's got like hot teas. Like, I want to know all about last night, girl. <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> so, so sure enough, Samuel spills the beans. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, you're fucked, bro. <laughs> <laughs> What's the Lord? What is the word that the Lord has spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all the things that he said to you. Eesh, so yeah, chill, Eli's really pushing for these fucking deets. You know, I, I so feel like was... I feel like Eli is like that girl that's always crushed on the head jock, and then like her little at the sorority oh, is no. like fucking yeah. him, and she's like, I want to know all about it. What was he like? She's like, I don't know how to tell you this, but he hates you. Like, that's it's honestly that's all we talked about. We didn't even fuck. He just talked about how fat you are. <laughs> um, it's kind of funny though. I can picture Samuel responding with a little bit of smugness. It'd be not. It'd be hard not to. Like Eli's sitting here yelling at you. You know that you're the chosen one. That God hates Eli. And finally, Eli's like, "Come on, spit it out, boy." And you're like, "Well, <laughs> you done goofed." <laughs> uh, yeah. And Samuel Samuel tells him, and uh, sure enough, Eli, being kind of a stoic, reasonable type, says, "I think he's just weak." Sure. Anyways, he says, uh, "Well, you know, that's the Lord. If He said it, so be it." He's kind of a, he's resigned to his uh, his fate. Let him do what seems good to him, which has got to be crazy because Eli is probably more so than any other Israelite well versed on God's storied history of punishing Jews. Yeah, he knows what's up. <laughs> it's gonna be rough. He's like, mm, okay. I hope they name a valley after us. I just hope we get <laughs> <laughs> or a rock or something. Yeah, or something like that. I just hope. I hope that the way he kills my entire family is so badass that we get like uh, a couple of rocks named after us or something. <laughs> and it says then that. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. None of his words fell flat. And uh, all of Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, from the north to the south, that is, recognized that Samuel was arrested. No, sorry, that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear in Shiloh and revealed himself to Samuel through his word. And Samuel's word came to all Israel. So he's basically the boss now. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Um I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, we we kind of skipped over it about, uh, in, in our paraphrasing, but uh, I like three eleven. 
behold, I will They're do something. Band. <laughs> Got him. Uh, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. That's an interesting way to describe this. Uh, like, it seems like God is like, you know what? I want to make you a great man. I'm going to give you some unwavering proof of your connection to me, and I'm going to give you a prophecy that when it comes true, everyone's going to fucking hear about it. And, like Sam was like, oh great, I can't wait. He's like, all right, you know about your like dad character, the guy that cared for you more than your own father. He's like, yeah, I only see him like once a year. Eli, I fucking like sleep in the same bed as him. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to hurt him so bad that it makes <laughs> you famous. <laughs> yeah. Not, and not just hurt him, but like fuck up his whole lineage. Yeah. The whole yeah, thing. Yeah. It's going to be good. But you know what? They had it coming. Rain it. <laughs> hey, parents, spank your children. It's going to be a reverse Jaden Smith situation. <laughs> I don't know. Well, like- you've got a shitty son ruining the reputation of his father. But now you're gonna have a reverse where it's like it's like the father's gonna get dabbed oh. on and it's gonna make the son sure, famous. Sure. I mean, God could still kill Jaden and Willow. You don't know. I hope they don't. I love Jaden yeah. Smith. Yeah, he's a he's a character. I don't care for his Twitter, but I love Neo Yokio. <laughs> my- yeah, and if we lose Willow, then we won't get any more nays. Very true, Kanye. Yeah. Thanks. Um. Whew. Well, that is. The first as, three chapters of Samuel. I think as that's far as, as far we'll as we're going to go. As far as we'll get today. Yeah. I had a whole Co- list of uh, things I wanted to talk about that we did not get to. because we. But we went all the way from Samuel not even existing to him basically now being the head honcho in Israel. The biggest, baddest, god talkingest toest motherfucker on the block. Yeah, I wonder if it's a... Um, I mean, I, I as mentioned, I don't read ahead. I just sure. kind of read what we got, and I, I, I try to keep it fresh. So Jesus dies. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but he comes back. It feels like Samuel is like a return to form. Like thus far, it seems like it's paving the way for a Joshua type character, or maybe like a Neo Moses or whatever the fuck. Well, yeah. I mean, that, you're not wrong. Is that what it feels like? Is that, is that what it is? Samuel will anoint the first king of Israel. Mm-hmm. So that's the spoiler. The I was kind of. Spoiler. I was kind of thinking. I, I wonder, what do you think God's deal is with these Israelites at this point? I felt like I felt like his whole relationship with humanity to this point is like a kid with a puppy at the beginning. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, they're so full of promise. And these are so much fun. I'm just hanging out with them all the time. And then yeah. at this point now, they're just like a bad dog that you leave out in the yard and they only come out once a year to feed it. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um and hit it. it just be, it, it's kind of like he's like, man, being a god isn't all it was made up to be, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. I thought this was going to be fun. It turns out there's a lot of responsibility. Like, like at this point, the Israelites are just in the yard barking nonstop, and he's just like, ah! And he just comes out with a when it, when he finally gets too much, he just comes out with like a fucking two by four and hits. Why it. aren't you celebrating my arbitrary rules? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I gave you this whole yard to play, and you're like, yeah, but I'm uh, exactly. I'm chained to this stake, and it's only a two feet of leash. And he's like, I was like, I'm gonna fucking hit you. Maybe putting the shock collar on that not only shocked them at the edge of the yard, but also at random. Wasn't <laughs> a good idea. Yeah, it just seems like God's kind of uh, kind of had it with him. He's kind of a dick. Yeah, he's a fuck. Uh, fun. <sighs> yeah. Um, I had some I had some questions I meant to talk about when okay. we started, but I don't go know. for it. Um, but my Bible poses some questions that, as we move through it, I kind of want us to like just address and think of here. 
But one contradiction that it brings up is it asks the question, is God truly the king of Israel and kings are just at his direction? Or is this God compromising his theocracy? He's so carefully crafted. I wrote that, by the way. Um, I would say that... So the kingship ends up biting them in the ass at first. Mm-hmm. I would say that this is simply... It's not a question of what the God is doing because the God is just a manifestation of the people. This is the people realizing that they needed to change to be with the times, to be with, you know, modern philosophical thought on, you know, representation and what have you. (laughs) It was getting shitty having a whole, hey, this is how I interpret things. Like eventually you get a big enough body of people and if your religion is the one thing keeping you in place – Interpretive differences are going to drive you apart, make tribal wars, make things like what happened with the Benjamites, I would say. Mm -hmm. So, uniting under something more worldly, like a king, gives you the opportunity, and and writing it in, that the king was chosen by God, etc., etc., gives you the opportunity to unite each other um, while still also paying respects to your your, ancestry and your religious uh, rights and what have you. Mm -hmm. That's, That's how I see it. Yeah, I guess I guess as we go forward, my Bible <laughs> maybe inadvertently is like, hey, let's pay special attention to the kind of king God would want and the kind of kings that the Israelites would want and yeah, kind of way different. Penis. Uh, uh, one of my favorite quotes from my Bible, the, 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 uh, the concordances and the intros are always like just way, way over the top. But my favorite line that I've ever read in it thus far is that the apparent contradiction, like so many others is resolved by careful reading and handling of the text. So it's like, yeah, you're going to see some contradictions, and it sometimes sounds like it doesn't make <laughs> sense, but you just got to make sure that when you read it, you read it the way we want you to. And then it doesn't, and there is no contradiction, you know? No, it's absolutely. Uh, there's already like an agreed upon uh, lore kind of, and yeah. different, different denominations have their own, but as long as you stick to the way that they interpret it, and even though it all contradicts uh, yeah. one another and what have you, yeah, it's fun. It's a wild That's why this is so goddamn funny. <laughs> it's just natural comedic material. Yeah. You got to love it. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, I, we got a lot questions? to talk about, but as we get into Samuel, I, I think we'll be more yeah. as we well, start to think. The, Obviously, the word of the Lord will continue to reveal itself and illuminate itself to us. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Obviously. Say, Do you think, his caref- knowing what you know, knowledge. I guess, is is the point yeah. that the church needs a fucking smackdown or that the church is naturally evil? Is it justifying the kings to come or is it mostly just like, by the way, things were kind of shitty at the time? I don't know. I need to read some more Google. Right. I, I, I never, we never really got into the whole politics of it when I was reading it. It was more about what does this tell us about not masturbating kids? <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's as different. Well, the way we're approaching uh, it now is is so uh, foreign to what I'm used to. So right. I, I don't it, know. She's like, and this is why we don't fuck choir girls. We're like, choir. <laughs> but Google does have a lot about Samuel, so I'll be reading that uh, before we record our next. Episode. Uh, I was just this is just a tangent. I was just thinking, but I, I know that uh, the internet is a is a flame with uh, TIs canceled now. <laughs> oh yeah, Jesus. you saw that shit. I was thinking of that it's kind pretty of pretty like fucking a, gross. There, there's a father who doesn't let his children err. <laughs> and uh, what, 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 I'm trying to remember, there's a specific word in the Bible where they talk about it. Uh, what did he do? What did he do? Uh, he, uh, they made themselves vile, and he did not restrain them. T.I. is definitely a father that restrains his children. <laughs> yeah, I've he, read he, so uh, many fucked up hot takes about it. <laughs> <laughs> 
my parents, obviously, I didn't have like a hymen to be broken, but my parents just filled my pants with mousetraps. So if I got an erection, <laughs> just snip, snap, snip. Snip, snap, you know snip. What I'm uh, to, to those who don't know, which I don't know how you could it, but uh, T.I. apparently goes to his daughter's gynecologist and uh, gets updates on her hymen to make sure she's still virgin. And I, which, of course, is so ascientific. And, and so fucking dumb. But it, it, it seems, Even if it wasn't ascientific, it's still fucking gross, yeah, of yeah. course. Like, uh, but I've seen so many hot takes about it. But, like, well, one, T.I., just the smug look on his fucking face. He's like, yeah, girl. And she don't even do, like, acrobatics or ride horses. So there's no excuse for that thing not being there oh where it's supposed God. to. She's like, oh, the, Jesus the weird... Christ! Imagine being so obsessed with your daughter's pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I, it must be a troll. But I saw one comment that's like, you know, that's. I saw one comment that was like, Shh, that just sounds like way too much effort. Where I'm from, you just fucking lay them back and you stick a middle finger up them, and if you can get it in there, she ain't no virgin. She ain't no virgin. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I don't know if that's a joke. Know <laughs> Who knows? That, that's one of the crazy things is you would think it would be because you're familiar with the concept of tampons, right? Like there's this whole yeah. there's a, there's this whole part of women's anatomy and physiology and just everything that's wrong with what you said. But I mean, who knows? People do fucking crazy shit. We're still at an age where they're like, oh, hold on, when she's acting out, gotta cut off their fucking clit. That's how you do it. That's how you make. Yeah. That's how you keep them in line. Meanwhile, her boyfriend's like getting ass for days, yeah. right? <laughs> She's like, go right in there. I wonder there. if that would make him feel better. I don't better. have a butt hymen. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that would make him feel better if uh, she's got this boyfriend and he's just like, just so you know, I go with her doctor every year to make sure her pussy's intact. And the guy's like, all right, that's fine because I just fucking fuck her ass and mouth all day long. <laughs> he's like, good. Good. I was very, very worried about my daughter's I, honor, but now you've you've really secured you secured your future in this family. I heard there uh, that the gynecologist might get in trouble too, which is badass. I mean, Fuck that guy. I wonder if she's a minor. I mean, this is this is subtlety. And this no, is nuance. Who don't, cares? No, no. Fuck that. I, I I tell you, this 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 haunts me to my days. But I was like twelve, and uh-huh. I was going in for my physical to play baseball. And I didn't know what the fuck was I didn't, I didn't know what the fuck was coming, but it's me and my mom, and I'm just standing there, and they're like, "All right, now oh, I'm gonna no. take your pulse, I'm gonna check, listen to your heart, blah blah." They're like, "All right, I gotta check you for hernias." I was like, "I don't know what the fuck that's about." She's like, "Take off your pants," and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> and uh, yeah, basically the guy fingered me, and I'm just sitting there in front of my mom as this guy's just fucking working me, and I'm just like, "All right," he's like, "All right, you can put your pants." I'm like, "All right, I'm out of here," and I just left. Jesus, I didn't even dude, stay for the rough. rest of the physical. I was just like, "Am I good here? I just gotta go. I gotta go sit in the car." <laughs> That's horrifying. Cry for a little bit, man. The fuck? I don't want to. That's why I never played. That's why I never played baseball. (laughs) (laughs) To this day, I hate the fucking sport. But yeah, uh, I don't blame you. But so I don't know. I I think there's a lot of fucked up shit that happens with with kids and stuff. I think like how much medical (sighs) privacy you get. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, folks, (laughs) if you don't already, follow us on Twitter at Revelations. And uh, if you want to send us an email, you can do that. Revelationspodcast at gmail.com. And let me say this, dads. Don't take your daughters to some expensive gynecologist. Let Cole check for it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs>